This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello. Welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast, a weekly podcast aimed at bridging the climate communication gaps in Africa. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. A recent report on education by the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Culture Organization, UNESCO, shows that one in every three families in Kenya and Uganda borrows money for school fees. Simon Karu's family, a last born in a family of four, is one of them. Karu is a 16-year-old Form 3 student at Jombe High School in Moranga County in central Kenya. The first challenge was the fact that you have been admitted to a good school, which was my second choice. But then these expenses and what have you come in the middle, it's kind of condescending of some sort. But now what can you do? just have to bear with it. And actually, when that fact was driven into me, I just hoped for a school, any school that will be found actually. And by God's grace, my father found me a place in this school. When your father found you a place in this school, what was the school fees? How much was it? And could your father afford to pay? The issue of school fees, I don't think he was alerted on it. Because when I came here, the principal talked to the chaplain. And when I was brought back, I was told to remain here in school. My father was to go. And from there, I was given the box, the school uniforms, everything. And I was told to be sponsored Therefore, I don't think he was told about the school fees. Karo is not the only student sponsored by the office of the chaplaincy. Brian Otieno, an 18-year-old student from Homabe County in Western Kenya, used to save money awarded for best performances to afford transport home and back to school. The sixth born among 10 siblings, Otieno tells of the mental challenges he underwent before the sponsorship. When we were in Form 1, I was just having a torture of, you can see, some people are coming with a lot of pocket money. I'm just coming without money. I get money in the awards. That's the money I use for the transport and come back. So I will see that I am just suffering here in education and some people are, are just comfortable. So that's, those ones were ones of my mental torture. You know that my two brothers, they have registered in the secondary form one. I was just in a stress where the money for their fees will come from. I always just go home on December. I take a whole year. I go to my brother in Nairobi, where he teaches. There is challenges there because my mother cannot sustain all the brothers and my sister. She has to ask money from the same brother. 2020 was the most uncertain for these students when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Schools in Kenya took nine months break, forcing Otieno to go to his rural home, something he affords once a year. Horace Batia, a 19-year-old Form 4 student and Otieno, engaged in manual work to help their parents feed their siblings. I was able to secure manual work in this Karurumo forest. Actually, I just wanted to quit every time because it was too hard for someone like me. But I also knew that if I did quit, then my parents would maybe not even be able to afford food. So I stepped up during that nine months holiday, engaged in any work that I could lay my hand to and was able to provide for my family. But of course, that came with not giving me enough time to study. I could hardly read because we were living in small centers. So my mother would 
was with the real siblings and I was with the other two. So we were just surviving, doing some small job like going to farm for somebody or weed, you get money. We were cooking for ourselves so that we can survive with the two of us. Jombe High School Office of the Chaplain support these boys who are among 246 boys out of its 1,300 students through the school canteen earnings. The school has been allocating bursaries since February 2019 from the 1.5 million shilling seed money generating from expanding the school canteen. The school chaplain James Cabero says before the COVID-19 pandemic, his office allocated about 500,000 shillings every term, usually lasting three months. But Cabero says this is a drop in the ocean given the many needy students. How does the canteen generate money? Here is Cabero. There are those snacks that we sell, you know, these like buns, there are cakes, there are mandazis that we sell to the students. Again, apart from the students, we have the school community, the people who live within the school. We have items for them like sugar, salt, uh, tea leaves, we have uh, cooking oil. All those things that we use in the kitchen, we sell to them. And again, uh, the workers are able to borrow uh, from the canteen and we have a way now of recovering money from their salaries. Again, uh, before we, 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 we established the bakery, the school was buying uh, bread because as part of their meals, students were taking a quarter of bread every morning each. And uh, we realized uh, we could make money from it because the canteen is an autonomous entity. Now, when we bake uh, the, the breads or the buns from the canteen, the school pays the canteen. And that's how we are able to generate money. Then uh, before COVID, there were the co-curricular activities, music, drama, ball games, athletics. And the students used to go out maybe to for, for, for inter-school competition, maybe they at provincial level, county level, sub-county level. And when they are going out, uh, the school gives them lunch. And lunch is given in form of a soda, soda and a bread. So the, the canteen is the one that sells to the school, the sodas and the mukates that the students go with when they are going out. Every time, the least we've given is 500,000. So we do like 1.5 million every year. But again, that's a drop in the ocean. Bearing in mind we have over 200 students who requires, requires our assistance. Karu and Otieno aspiring to be neurosurgeons no longer worry about school fees, uniform, pocket money or logistics to end back from school. What impacts has the sponsorship had on them? That's make me humble. Once I realized that all the expenses are to be catered for in a sponsorship, it's to propagate me more into my visions for the future to be the leader of this school. Not necessarily to the administration as a leader, but to ace in academic excellence. I am now relaxed. I'm just aiming to read so that I can save the family from that financial and the poor history of the family so that it can change line to another way. But unfortunately, the proceeds from the canteen have reduced drastically since the COVID-19 pandemic, jeopardizing the students' school fees program. We had a, a drastic uh, fall in, in terms of sales from the canteen. Mm -hmm. And that's why, by the way, even today we are struggling uh, in clearing fees. For four fours only, we have an arrears of 560,000 that we, we, we require to clear. Uh, previously, before COVID, in a month's time, we were able to make sales of around uh, 300,000 per month, or even more, because you could find, uh, you know, immediately you opened, we could even make 500 in a month. But uh, since COVID came, the much we've done in a month is 150. So it's like half of what, and you know, the, the terms are shortened. You can imagine if we, are, if we are doing 150 and they are expected to pay fees of, of almost a million uh, in a term. Again, it becomes, you know, you do 150 times three because a term is three months. 
that's around had 450,000 that we require a million. So we are short of around 550,000. And now I connect that because these parents have not fully recovered from uh, the challenges of COVID. So if they are struggling to pay fees, can they have enough money even for pocket money for their sons? Now we have a challenge raising enough money pay school fees for all of our needed students. The school principal, Frederick Morage, says the school has found means to cut daily cost. Morage calls on you this holiday season to extend a hand to these vulnerable families. There's no amount that is too little and people don't give because they have a lot. Uh, like they say in Kiswahili, kutoa ni moyo, useme ni utajiri. Translated, it means uh, giving out is not that you are rich, but it's because you have that heart of helping. Nothing is too small to give away for the benefit of a child who might be staring at a Christmas that uh, there's nothing to look forward to. So I, I would appeal to, to whoever is listening to, to do something. Just as little as giving out some little money, some food stuff, some clothing, anything, so that uh, we can put some smile on these children's faces during Christmas. And that marks the end of our programming this year. Thank you so much for the support. Knowing that you're listening has given me the energy to produce an episode every Tuesday. So we are taking a three-week break starting next week, resuming on Tuesday, 11th of January. If you would like to extend a helping hand to these vulnerable boys at Jombe High School, please send me an email using info at africaclimateconversations.com or DM us on Twitter, inbox us on Facebook, Instagram, and we will link you up with the school. But from my team and me, we wish you happy holidays. Despite the pandemic, please wear a smile and try giving one to a needy person where you can. So cheers to a happy, fun, and blessed year 2022. I will see you on 11th of January, inshallah. My name is Sophie Bogwa. Inaindeshwa na Afripods.